Welcome to Misunderstandings of the Mind podcast, the space where we explore common misunderstandings of how life works, allowing us to gain new perspectives on health, wealth, relationships, and much more. Life doesn't have to be hard work. It can be a flowing collection of experiences if we learn some simple truths about how our experience is created. Through this understanding, we realize that at a fundamental level, we are all already whole and perfect. Okay, we're live. Welcome to Misunderstandings of the Mind. Today I have with me Sunita Sandeep, who I came across via TED Talk on um, seeing how it, what we can learn. Really, I was in my own exploration of trauma and I came across your TED Talk about kind of seeing the, the benefits of trauma, you know, seeing what we can learn about ourselves from trauma. And um, I'd been in the spiritual exploration you know like for for a long time for a lot of years and i was really curious i've always been curious about where the conversation meets you know between spirituality all about the mind and trauma kind of all about the body you know and i've i've um felt conflicted myself you know about in my work with people there's nobody it's all the mind you know everything everything is created by a thought depending on which spiritual um spiritual conversation you've come from um yes. in non-duality there's nobody there you know it's kind of like it's all it's all happening in awareness in the three principles it's all made of thought you know and it's kind of like and in somatic exploration it's all the body <laughs> you know it's, it's kind of like body. yeah yes. so I, I, that's how i came across um your ted talk you know and it was like um and i've started to i guess i'd started to explore that in my own life you know from awareness from knowing my true nature from seeing that i'm perfectly okay you know it's kind of like i i i got lost in my experience for a long time and i suffered you know and i and i had a realization that i've always been perfectly okay i just didn't know it you know i had that realization but then you know this happened for me and coincidentally i had many people that i knew who were also spiritual teachers come to me and saying, uh, this is happening to me, but I can't talk about it publicly, you know, because because it doesn't fit in line with my spiritual, um, whatever I'm connected to, whatever I'm in, invested in, you know, so it was like, and, and what had happened to me was, I just started noticing that I was always having these contractions and experiences of the body, you know, and I was trying to bypass them with what I'd learned in the spiritual thing saying, oh, well, but there is nobody, you know, but, but it's all made of thought. So it can't be really happening, you know, and, and um, I guess that's how we connected, you know, that was kind of where I was at in my exploration. And I know you've got a, a, a story, you know, where you've had sort of lots of realizations and awakenings and stuff, because we've spoke before, but I, so, so I'd love to just get into that and sort of hand it yeah. over to you and, and see where you want to go with it. And I'm really open to it being conversational a lot of my um podcast episodes have been really transformative for people that have listened you know and yeah. and, and um you know that's kind of just see where it goes you know yeah thank you jason i think that's that's a beautiful question and i think that's one of the questions probably many people on the spiritual awakening path will land and then if things are not done 
properly that way. One of my teachers, Adya Shanti, he calls it as a spiritual shipwreck. Uh, we can get stuck in the in the spirituality of no self, no nobody exists, there is nobody, I'm beyond everything. And 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 we can just land in that transcendence kind of a level and never get back into the into the human level. Uh, <clears throat> for me personally, I started with a lot of um uh, Buddhist Zen teachings and then something within me got connected a lot with the inquiry self-inquiry practices and uh, uh, Rupert Spira which is all about you know using your mind and and he has a very great way of using your mind because our minds were really active for me I came from a very heavy mind using the mind to just keep on questioning again and again, going within, going within is like, who is it? Who is it? And, and what is happening? And and if Ramana, if you're if you're aware of Ramana Maharshi's teaching, it's like, um, oh, I have a problem. Like instead of the focusing on the problem, who is having the problem? That mm -hmm. who? And then you keep going back until you hit a place wherein you can't go further back. And then something is like a shift. For me, when that happened, it was a shift between two different perspectives. It was like a switch that happened this way and then this way. And then if I would hold on, because contractually, we hold on within our body to, to hold to a perspective. And the minute I would just let go, I would be in this perspective. And then I could hold on. So it was like a switch that I just literally experimented. I would do this. And I would be in the self. And I would have completely dead go. And then there was something else that would be active. Um, to go to that level, to just understand ourselves beyond just the mind, body, um, heart, in fact, even beyond the emotions, is one thing. And I think that is just one half of the journey. Because what happens is, if you're just stuck there, it's on the other side of the spectrum. One side of the spectrum is all like I'm completely identified with my mind or my emotions or my body. I'm completely stuck there. I know nothing about it. And then what spiritual teachings and especially these self-inquiry practices will take you is slightly to a transcendent level to say that I have a little bit of freedom from my mind. I'm not just my mind. And I'm not just my emotions and I'm not just my body. But then the tendency for a lot is to just get stuck there. Because getting stuck there means that we don't have to identify what's going on in our human mess. Our minds are crazy. It can it can catastrophize things. Our emotional body is, is again, there's so much going on. There's fear. There's, there's anger, there's repression that we don't want to see. And then finally, at the level of the body, there's an identity crisis that we are dealing with. And no, now with the transcendence that I've got, the, the no self, there's nobody existing here. So why should anybody suffer, right? You know, that, that's a very transcendent level. It does help to go beyond. But then if you just get stuck there, no work happens at this level on the, on the healing part. Mm. And then the next part of the journey, the next part of our circle, like completing the circle, is with that understanding. Now that I'm not 
it's for me the the experience was not that i'm not my body the experience was i'm not just my body and i think that's that's a very important distinction because if you just say i'm not my body it just doesn't feel to get back into the body and then experience this at a human level and if you just say i'm not just my body it just feels like i can i can experience this at a very human level and i can experience my emotions but i'm not bound to anything i can have a perspective of a mind i can have a perspective of an emotion i can have a perspective of a gut or i can even have a perspective of life and i'm not stuck anywhere and so the next half of the journey for me was completely trauma healing repression suppression and i i know we we connected with scott killerby's teachings also there with the with the inquiry practices he has amazing inquiry practices that literally goes it and then but if if you observe a lot of um people on the spiritual path they say i have felt it i know what what the the oneness is not even the oneness it's kind of beyond oneness it's it's just like there's no separation but then there is no way i can hold on to that state it just comes and it goes it's like i got it i lost it i got it i lost it kind of a situation and then we we become again um desperate to go and cling on to that state and then we keep thinking like what did i do to get into that state and how do i hold on to that state of no separation mm. and then the no separation state itself it's not even a state it's a natural state that happens when you don't hold on to anything so now the paradox of chasing that no separation state comes with a contraction and as long as you have a contraction you are not in that state so it, it's it's like a contradictory thing that keeps happening and at some point i think it's wise for us to understand that if things are clear in our mind emotion and in our gut level things are open that's all it is the whole journey is trying to be open and things get contracted and then you come and open it then i think all our spiritual understanding and the spiritual life will finally integrate with our human life um for a lot of days i had this question like why why even spirituality like what's the point yes okay just the, there is a realization what's the point and when i would come when i would be in this my identities as a mother as a, a corporate person or as a as a as a coach and running a business it has its own set of things to deal with and it's like and then i would run away from it and then use this transcendence as a holding on mechanism to run away from everything and then it was a constant juggle for me from there to here from there to here and slowly what i'm observing is they all have to start integrating so there is no being here versus being there both of them somehow integrate and that integration only happens through trauma healing in in, in my in my experience yeah yeah i think when you were talking it sounds like the like the binary 
sort of process of the thought-based mind that we have that has black or white, good or bad, this yeah. or that. And it's like, <clears throat> I think what I did, and I think what I see many people is take a, a new concept that calls itself spirituality, that's apparently better than all psychological concepts, call it truth, and then like adopt it as a new belief system, thinking that it's yes. superior to everything else because it's yes. called truth and it's based in spirituality and it supersedes every other understanding. But what what I didn't realize, and I think what I've seen with other people didn't realize is, is that that's just the same as any other belief. You know, it's kind of exactly. like, it's the same thought about in binary, good and bad, right and wrong, black and white, better and worse. And it's like, and what, and we almost convince ourselves that we've found this now superior way. It's kind of like, yes. but we're still in this, uh, what you might call parts, you know, or separate parts of ourselves, you know, it's not embodied, you know, it's kind of like, it's like, uh, like you said, eventually, it has to become all as one, you know, rather than kind yeah. of like this, that's what I kind of observed about myself, you know, I think, so I get yeah. lost in the concept rather than, even though I kind of think I know where the concept is pointing the experience of oneness or the experience of true nature. Um, I'm missing that somehow, or I'm, or I'm being, like you said, I'm, I'm seeking it. And then I'm wondering why I'm, why I'm becoming disconnected from it or, oh, now I'm present in awareness. It's kind of like nothing's, ma nothing matters. Everything's good. And now I'm not, you know, now I'm triggered. It's kind of like, and I'm having this life experience of going in and out, in and out, in and out like that, looking for the better feeling, thinking that I've missed something, you know, in, in the process of seeking yes. so to speak. You know? Yeah. 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 And for me, the the one question that that really helped me, and which which I practice even today. I mean, of course, I don't know if if anybody will be there hundred percent of the time. Um, same thing. I go in and out. I go in and out. But it's it's a little bit getting a little bit more stabilized, um, and and things that were getting me frustrated before would stay on for like two three days. Now it stays for a few minutes or maybe a few hours. And I think that that's that's the progression that I'm seeing. Um, the, 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 uh, where, where was I going? Um, um, yeah, the, the holding on to belief structures, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, what you mentioned, I wanted to touch upon that point. The, the form is one belief that we hold on to, as you mentioned. And again, the formlessness is another belief that we hold on to. And at the point when we experience that, it is true. When we are within our body and experience as the body as us, it is true. That's the truth. And when we experience ourselves as formlessness, that is also the truth. Both are truth. But now, if you hold on to the formlessness, when you're interacting with the form, if you hold on to, then, okay, I'm formlessness, nothing's going to affect me. And then if that is our approach, then that's completely not the truth. That's the illusion. Mm. And similarly, the other way too, if you are completely identified with your body, there's no way and everything will feel very illusory. Like, you know, your spirituality, your whole no selfness and everything will feel completely illusory. And I think the, the, the journey has been to... Be open enough within. 
as much as possible, especially when we are triggered. So consciousness, and again, I'm, I'm going down to concepts here, uh, something that just knows, if I just want to call consciousness, is something that just knows without a word, without a thought. Something that just knows, it's very simple, very, very ordinary. So that consciousness can now move within our body without obstruction, because all triggers are just resistances and holdings. That's all they are. From an energetic level, if you think about it, all triggers are, I don't want it. That's not the way it needs to be. Or like, you know, I'm going to resist it or I want it this way, which is holding. Again, resistance is also kind of holding because you're using some contraction to resist it. That's all it is at the end of the day. And then when that is open enough in our mind, body, and emotions, consciousness just flows. Something that knows within will just flows. And I bet everyone in this world has had that experience. It's very ordinary. It's, it's not a state of consciousness that we are in. Formlessness is a state of consciousness. Form is a state of consciousness. And we can get into so many different kinds of consciousness, um, uh, different levels of consciousness and so on. But then what we are talking about, consciousness itself is not a state. But something when it is open, it just knows what to do this moment, the next moment, very simple, very ordinary, very practical. Mm. But then when the consciousness wants to do that, there will be a resistance and a holding that will say, hmm, that's not what. If you're suffering, like let's say after our true nature experience, we suffer something. Instead of just going through that emotion, we'll tell, us, we'll, we'll tell ourselves, hey, you realized your true nature. True nature is fine. It doesn't get affected with anything. And now there is a resistance to experience that emotion. And if you just let that pass, and, and if it if it if it just um, um, gets embodied, if it just gets marinated with that understanding that it's okay, then in truth, we should be able to let our emotions pass through because nothing can affect us, right? Mm. But then that's not embodied in the body. The body doesn't think that way. The body thinks, no, I cannot go through that emotion. I cannot go through that struggle. So there's a disconnect. We understand it from a mind that I'm not this, I'm not just this. But then when it comes to the level of body, body doesn't care. Body doesn't care what you understand or not understand. Body has its own intelligence. So what trauma healing does is in this journey, it let our bodies relax a little bit. It doesn't have to get worked up so much every time when a trigger. Somebody tells me I'm worthless. There is a contraction that I don't want to feel. Mm. But then slowly, the more and more we allow that it's okay to have the feeling of worthlessness, which is very contradictory, which is very paradoxical. If I am okay experiencing what worthlessness is, 
what the feeling is, what the sensation is, what the thoughts are, what the memories associated with it are. I'm completely free from the from the prison of not trying to feel worthless. You see? Mm. Now, any decisions I make in my life are not based on the fear of being worthless. It's based on, I just want to do, how cool, like, you know, Michael Neal has this, how cool will it be if I just want to do this? And that's a completely different inspiration versus I don't want to feel worthless. It's a fear that is driving me. And using that fear as our fuel to do certain things. And I think that's the shift. Ultimately, from a practical perspective, spirituality, non-spirituality, healing, whatever, different modalities, will just come down to that level. That do I have the space within and the freedom within to take actions because I just like it versus because of a fear that's driving me? And, and probably different people have different approaches. Spirituality has a different approach. Uh, healing has a different approach. Um, but I think when both are attained, it, it's, it's definitely better because one will support the other. The healing will support for you to be more grounded in your um, spiritual feelings or, or whatever that is. And then spirituality will help you to look at your trauma because... At least the mind won't run away. The body will still run away, but the mind won't run away. Yeah, I mean, that leads me to what I was going to ask you. Was your experience, You, because I remember in your TED talk, you had the experience of losing the use of your arm, right? That was what happened. Yeah, and, yeah. And that kind of led you, started you on this journey, from what I remember from the talk. Yes. Like, so it seems like that your experience came via the body first, via the traumatic experience, but then at some point in that journey, you discovered uh, spiritual, other spiritual teachings that, that helped yes. you see through the mind. So it came via the body first, right? Is that right? Um, it came via the body, but then from a body perspective, uh, the body became the, the reason because it was suffering. Like I was having a lot of pain in the body and I was going through a lot of these, uh, I was going through depression and I was going through anxiety and panic attacks. Mm. Um, and sleep became extremely tough for me. I couldn't sleep well. Um, and it started affecting my day-to-day -day living. And then there was, I think what happened to me was there was a deeper question on identity that that I it began to wake up. Like, you know, we all we all experience those moments, like, you know, Usually they say uh, midlife crisis. Mm. Um, things are all set up. You you have achieved whatever you wanted to achieve in your professional life, um, your business life. Married, kids are there. It's it's all going okay. But then somewhere deep within, you'll start questioning, what is what is it like? What's the meaning? What's the identity? And that is that is again an identity. That is again a belief structure. But I think that's a belief structure. If you if you hold on to that and start questioning, will help you to to evolve. I mean, we can hold ultimately. We can we'll have to hold on to some belief structure to move beyond belief. And these these questions: Who am I? Or um, what is the meaning? Oh. And 
those identity level questions, once they start popping up, um, it'll, it'll probably something within you will desire until you find an answer. And it's not so much about finding the answer. It's about the, the questioner itself vanishes. Till that happens, there is this deep unrest within you. That, that at no cost, you want to go find the answer. And then at some point, you will never be able to find that answer. And then you give up. You surrender. It's like, you know, I can't. I just can't. And there it is. Your consciousness starts waking up. And surrender is the path. Like literally anything that we do, the path, the whole game is surrender. When you surrender your personal will, another world starts operating. And for us to let go of our personal will is the most difficult thing, extremely difficult. But the whole journey is set up in a way that you lose your personal will. The whole spiritual journey, the whole healing journey, the whole addiction journey, recovery from addiction, is all about losing that personal will. So that's something that is more true begins to start operating yeah yeah i mean in my journey with addiction it makes sense because it was like and how i work with people with addiction now it, 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 i never never touch on the substances or the processes or anything it just seems a pointless part of conversation it just seems to be that when people realize that there's something beyond who they think they are you know when there's yeah. when there's a they they touch that space of true nature or awareness wherever you you know whichever way you prefer to look at it or they they experience and notice their own thoughts kind of passing in their own mind not not as them anymore you know it's kind of like then yeah. they they no longer need to medicate their experience they don't need to use their will in a way to fix themselves because they see that yes. there's something bigger going on you know yes yeah yeah see but the bigger is going on but then the eventual place is to come back to those small places where things were going on and heal it but then you use the bigger perspective to look at into those messy areas. And that's where spirituality literally helps you. Because otherwise, so, so in my experience, when, when you get into the journey of healing, trauma healing or, 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 or even healing beyond, and, and especially when it comes down to the level of gut, there is an existential hold. And these existential holes are beyond cognitive thinking. Like there's no logic as to why things happen the way it happens. It's pre-cognitive and it's pre-emotional. There's no emotion also associated with it. But what happens at the level of gut is, is you know, like, like the root chakra at the lowest part of our spine, there is a holding. And that holding is nothing but survival, a primordial survival. And, and at that level, the only thing that really comes in handy is the non-identifying yourself with the body. Because it's a very difficult task at that level. And, and that is what surrender is again, that I can't. 
I can't. I remember for me, uh, when I had this insomnia episode, I was only sleeping like a minute or two for about three or four months. It was heavy energetic load uh, that I just couldn't sleep. And uh, I remember um, um, like locking myself in a room and I had I had small kids and then I had called my mother-in-law and I told her, I don't know if I'm going to make it this time. Like I can't, I don't think like something within is saying that I, I cannot, I cannot make it within, like I cannot make it anymore. And then I just locked my room and then I just lied down on the bed and said, I can't, I can't. I think I'm ready. I'm ready to let go. I'm ready to whatever happens, I'm ready. And that is when I learned really what surrender is. See, till that point, it was like my personal will trying to surrender trying to get the concept of surrendering and then trying to surrender. At a certain point, it's like you just have to surrender even that will that is trying to operate, that is trying to even have an existential living. And then when that lets go, um, it's a kind of relief, an extreme relief. And then slowly, like there is some other seed that starts operating and it operates and it doesn't operate. It operates and, and it's kind of funny and it's kind of very curiosity, like, you know, to to, to see what's going on. Um, it's something that operates, Jason, which is way simple, very ordinary, very in the moment, very here, like, just in this moment. And occasionally, of course, my body will come and my mind will come and say, no, I don't want it that way. And then it gets lost. And then now I'll be like, oh, okay, it got lost. Why? Because of certain holdings. So your shift now happens not because you need to get to the state, like you're seeking and you want to get to that state. But an understanding is what is blocking me from trying to be in that state? You see, it's not it's not a chase to go to that state. It feels like this is my natural state. Then what is blocking me from being in that natural state? And now the perspective is different. It's not about doing something to go chase something, which is more in the seeking journey. Mm. But it's more about, if I am this, where am I holding? Where am I resisting? What is happening? And, that's, and that is like a very nice healing journey, which doesn't need anything from it. You don't need anything from the healing journey. All you want is, why am I holding? What is it that I'm holding? Because when you release the hold, you don't go anywhere. You just, just feel more relaxed. That There is no chasing anything there. And, and, and I think even Michael Neal talks about it in one of his um, um, talks. He talks about, uh, in, in one of his speeches, he talks about like, you know, happiness, how to be happy. And then he says, a kid when it is born, a baby when it is born is naturally happy. And then we put layers and layers and layers over it. Mm. And when you when you clear those layers, the natural state is already there. 
Yeah, I like, like, I heard somebody say the other day that suffering doesn't happen for no reason, you know, and it's kind Which of like, true too. It, it, it's not just a random creation of thought. It's like, we don't just all of a sudden start thinking shitty thoughts about ourselves and then start suffering for no reason. You know, it's kind of like, it doesn't come from nowhere. And, and I think this kind of fits with this conversation because, you know, seeing that thought is for want of a better word the vehicle through which i receive the message of my suffering yeah. you know like then then paying no attention to it or just seeing that it's just noise that goes on in my head seems okay yeah that can give me some relief from my suffering yeah. but it doesn't address the, the yeah. cause or, or the source of suffering to start with you know it's like, it doesn't make sense yeah. that i all of a sudden one day just started um, thinking negatively about myself created a whole identity and story for no reason you know it's kind of like then it's yeah. because of it's because of the innocent protection mechanism that I created to to protect this apparently yeah. separate me that was suffering in the world you know that had, yes. had a, a traumatic experience or something like that right I mean that's that's kind of where it looks like the source of it has to be it has to be, yeah, yeah. The source has to be, yeah. No, no. I completely agree with that. I completely agree with that. The so so usually, if if you if you talk to some of the spiritual teachers, they'll tell you that there is two parts to this. One is you literally fall in love with everything that you do. The second path is don't care about anything. Yeah. If you can do either, hundred percent, it's very easy. And I think different. People, different teachers, if you see the very, some teachers, like, it's very contradictory. And I think this this is something that I also want to touch upon. Uh, <clears throat> we would get connected to a particular teaching at a particular point of time. And we feel, yes, that is the truth for us. Right? We, we do get connected. Like, I was connected to Michael Neal's teaching a lot for some days. And then uh, Rupert Spira's teaching and um, uh, Kilobi's teaching. Um, uh, I was, was really connected to that. But then sometimes they're also contradictory. Mm. Our mind will come and say, no, it's like, you know, the body has to do what it needs to do. Like, I need to embody this. And my body, I need to do a lot of trauma healing. So I just can't forget what my thoughts are saying. I just can't, like, you know, thoughts is just a thought. So let me not listen to it. It doesn't work that way. So the, I I used to feel teachings were extremely contradictory. Mm. But then the, the realization and the insight that I had there was, if this is a spectrum of all the possibilities that can happen in this world, the, like from zero to whatever in finite possibilities. Mm. And if you are stuck here holding on to something like it's all just healing, just healing, and we can just get lost in healing also, mm. just healing one after the other, one after the other, but there's so much mess. And you'll, ne you'll never enjoy life. Like you'll never be here because it's all the time it's healing, 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 right? When you're sufficiently marinated in that, when you sufficiently feel, yes, it's like, you know, I've done how much of a healing I think I can do. And think within, again, that's why it's, it's the, there's an inner wisdom, there's an inner knowing, there's an innate intelligence. We'll tell you, and I think then at that point of time, you start getting attracted to different kind of teacher. And it's very important to not follow one path. 
in, in this whole journey. And, and the reason you get attracted to the other kind of teaching is because this hold that you have put needs to let go. And then you fall into the other perspective. And now your mind, body, and emotions are okay with either this perspective or this perspective. Your mind, because bodies sometimes are not okay for a different perspective. Like, let's say I am worthless. I'm feeling worthless. And when I want to feel worthful, and I'll do everything to feel worthful. Worthful is something that I'm, I'm hopping onto, I'm holding onto. But then if mind and body is safe to feel worthless, it's okay. It's just an emotion. It's just an experience. And if it's okay, now you are free to experience life as completely worthful or completely worthless. You're not bound by either. And you'll always get attracted to teachings when you're holding here, there is a suffering. You have to let go of that hold and you fall into a different perspective. And then if you're here again, like positivity, it's like you can think about like be positive, be positive. There is something called this toxic positivity. And at a certain point, you'll have to let go of that. And then you'll have to experience negative emotions too. And it's okay. So now what happens in this infinite possibilities that we have, your mind and body is now okay to take on any perspective. It doesn't contract anymore. Your body doesn't contract because it has experienced it. That is real freedom. Now we are open. And our whole journey in this, till we kind of stabilize, is going through so many different perspectives. And once we feel sufficient enough that, you know, I've had a good like perspective here and, and you're sufficiently open inside, something else starts rebirthing. There's a resurrection that happens. And it's slowly, it's like a, it's like a baby that just comes on and then does something. And it's, it's also learning. And, and it's so weird that it uses some of the talents that we have, some of the skills we have, some of the things that we like as, as, as a separate self, things that we don't like. It uses all of those. It sometimes even uses our conditioning. So it doesn't mean this whole journey is removing every single conditioning that we have. We don't have to remove every conditioning. It's okay to hold on. But then if you're free enough within, open enough within, that new thing that gets birthed has the freedom to move to any perspective that we are open to. And it kind of uses it and it just leads a simple life. Yeah, that's very different to the binary kind of belief of something being yeah. right and everything else being wrong or this wrong. being right, this being okay and that being yeah. dismissive, you know. I, I, like, I think for me, you know, the teachings of Sid Banks that came to me via Michael um, were absolutely priceless, you know, at the time. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like, it so woke me up. It, I mean, it's so, there's such a palpable and noticeable life-changing experience that I had. Mm -hmm. 
in a short in a in a moment you know in a momentary yeah. realization um but then i kind of got lost in being stuck in that being the thing you know and then exactly. it's like but it, but that but i have to give credit to that for really allowing me the space to to see that all of it is welcome you know it's kind of like i, I went through this because i was originally a psychotherapist i went through this phase because i'd heard people say therapy never worked for me in that community and it's like therapy's bad and i then heard therapy's bad therapy's not good you don't need therapy nobody needs therapy therapy's terrible it makes things worse now therapy can make things worse i think for people yeah, with the wrong sometimes. therapist you know it's kind of like yeah. but with an understanding of what sid bank's pointing to i've seen a value in it now you know it's kind of yeah. like sometimes it's kind of like the combination of what i would call east and west you know like eastern traditional spiritual stuff um and western psychology you know it's kind of like it fits together i don't see any conflict oh yeah oh yeah you know? yeah beautiful beautiful and i think the path for probably all of us especially in this contemporary world is to uh, weave both ancient wisdom and our scientific healing together. And uh, um, they both have to be integrated. We are not living in a phase wherein we can just go sit, sit in a cave and like, you know, just do nothing and, and relax. And it's, it's not that. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, if you're continuously in the doing mode all the time, just doing and like one after the other, 10 steps to do this, 10 different tactics, 10 different strategies, which is all in the, in the, in the psychology world, right? Like mm -hmm. do this, take this perspective, mindset, mindset, mm -hmm. um, that'll again cause issues that, that we, we know but that, that we all are dealing with. So at some point, it's like having that groundedness in, in the spiritual teachings in the ancient wisdom, yet at the surface level, using a lot of the psychological ways of being and doing things, mm. yet being that base foundation is probably the way to go. And it's it's like a marriage that that probably needs to happen of being and doing. Yeah, I do. I do. We'll actually, I have a question for you. I'm curious what you think about. Does it? It seems like that. You know, if you take into account like the law of attraction, for example, like Abraham Hicks teaching and stuff and and spiritual and psychological. When I was lost in the in my own experience, you know, I kind of very much created self-fulfilling prophecy all the time. You know, it's kind of like I created exactly what I thought my life was. And then I said, see, I, I told you I'm a victim. I'm this. My life's bad. Nobody loves me. I'm always the bad things that happen, all that stuff, you know, but I was very much the creator of that, you know, it was, it was, yeah. that. so when you get into, you have like an awakening experience and you're like, okay, yeah, I see that how I direct myself in that negative, for want of a better term, negative yeah. kind of direction. Yes. But then yes. when you start bringing trauma healing into spiritual um, awareness, yeah. does it not then because I'm not even sure about this. I don't even know. I'm just really wondering, like, does it not then re, um, redirect your focus of attention onto something being wrong in, in, yeah. in quotes, where you then start seeing everything that's wrong yeah. rather than everything that's right? How do you see that? Yeah. Oh, my God. That, that, is, that was one of the things that went on in my mind for a long time. Yeah. It was like, you know, if, if I would now focus myself on all the negative emotions, negative suppressions, that are there, will my life become negative now, right? Mm. 
because law of attraction says what you focus on is is what you get. Yeah. Um, and then there's there's so much deep held repressed and suppressed emotions that are there. This is the difference that I that I found, Jason, <clears throat> and and hopefully it'll help many others also on this journey. What you hold on to is what you get. Like th that's the law of attraction. It's whatever vibration you resonate in, like, you know, I'm feeling good, I'm feeling good, I'm feeling good all the time, then you just feel good all the time. And, and people also treat you that way and you'll feel good. Are you feeling negative all the time? That is what you'll feel. But then if you think about it, what, what is happening within us, we are holding on. There's a contractual hold on to that particular frequency. Even let's say high achievers, mm. right? Let's say high achievers, we as high achievers, what, what we have done is we have held on to this notion that success is what it is. Achievement is what it is. And we hold on to it. Mm. And as long as we are holding on to it, we are continuously operating in that vibration, in that frequency, and things happen. However, awakening, what it does True awakening, what it does is that grasp that is holding, you can't hold on. This is this is like a like like a true spiritual awakening when it happens, is that hold it cannot. The energy is too much flowing in that the body cannot hold on to any one perspective. That's why we get confused in this in this whole journey. I can't hold on to anything. Now, if you want to apply this to trauma healing, since you cannot hold on to anything now, your body cannot. It's energetically doesn't have that much capacity to hold on to a different energy that's flowing within. That's exactly what happens in an awakening. Since you can't hold on to any one perspective, the perspective that, that you are is more of presence which is not a perspective. You can't like hold yourself that I'm going to be in presence. If you do nothing, you're naturally in presence. And now from presence, what you're doing is you're looking at all your negative suppressions and emotions and, and all the negative thoughts and so on. But then you're not holding on to the negative thoughts. If you hold on to the negative thoughts, yes, you can still manifest that. It'll, it'll still happen. But I think Body-wise, it cannot hold on to. Your mind-wise, also, you're not going to hold on to it. You're, you're more at a place of presence. And from presence, when you start seeing it comes, it goes. And then when, when that stuck energy of negative emotion comes, presence has a way to melt that. And that energy gets transmuted again into presence. Stuck mm. energy of negative releases. That energy combines with this big energy and it goes more and more and more. And that is why you can still heal and not get affected by this law of attraction that if you look at negative things, things will happen negative. Yeah. We're coming towards the end, you know, I think that's a great, um, for me, it's a great kind of place to end. I think that, it's definitely been that way for me, you know, it's kind of like, but I've, I've, I've kind of wondered about that stuff, you know, about, 
how much am I contributing to my own suffering? You know, it's like by, by just acknowledging because I, I was so lost in the other way, you know, in the, in being completely in the mind and in concepts before, but then I had to acknowledge there was something going on in the body and then slowly, but surely I've just been guided by my own wisdom, you know, rather than concepts. And that was a conflict. That was even a difficulty for me to come out of being identified with a concept to, just being with my own wisdom, because that's in in the concepts, you know, it'll say follow your own wisdom, you know, it's kind of like, and that means follow your own wisdom, no matter what, right, there's nothing that over or supersedes your own wisdom, no one else's, no concepts, no secondhand information, no shared ideas overrule, no one says all there's something that overrules your own wisdom, it's follow your own wisdom. And I, I really kept going back to that thinking, no, this is what I feel called to do. This is what I feel, you know, where, where I'm got where I'm going. This is what I feel like I should be investigating, yeah. looking at doing, you know, it's like, so, um, I'm glad that we kind of had that bit of a conversation. Is that like, how, what to let people know, um, where they can, the name of your Ted talk. Cause I know I didn't get it right at the start and, uh, yeah. where people can find you if they want to speak to yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the name of my TED Talk is How Trauma Can Lead to Positive Change. Okay. Um, and my name is Sunita Sandeep. And, and my website name is also www.sunitasandeep.com. Um, and uh, uh, I, I interleave ancient wisdom with scientific healing. Uh, I'm, I'm a psycho positive psychology practitioner and trauma support specialist on the Western methodologies. And I have my base and foundation in uh, Buddhist teachings and traditions and very closely with the Advaita traditions, the, the non-dual teachings. So I combine both of them uh, and, and, and I mostly teach women, um, women 40 plus who come with the archetypal patterns of high achieving, high mentality and, and, uh, and then teach them how to first be take them from that stage of consciousness more into the stage of um, in the flow consciousness, more from a masculine to a more feminine. And then if they're called for, move them even beyond masculine and feminine into that awakening journey. But not many, many are there in, in that uh, journey that I work with. Uh, so, but yes, I take them from a masculine to feminine potential, their peak potential, trying to be in the flow. Uh, and, and have a little bit more fulfilling whole life. And I do a lot of trauma healing, of course, and and, and of course, um, ancient ancient wisdom too. I have a free masterclass on my website. Uh, and then I also have a free ebook um, that is there. Uh, just talks about my own journey and, and, and the usual sufferings women have after 40. Um, that's what I do. Okay. Well, thank you very much for this conversation today. I've enjoyed this and I'll uh, look forward to hearing what people see in it. Yeah, thank you so much, Jason. Thank you for having me here. I think this is one of the best conversations I've had and it's so in-depth mm. um, and uh, it's 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 very rare to get people who can talk at this level some, sometimes and, and be open to talk about it. And I'm sure many are going through, but some may not even be open to talk about it. So thank you for giving me the opportunity. I hope it helps others. And uh, uh, I really appreciate this time with you. Thank you.